This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. You know what? So what if this flesh fails? So what if this life ends? The Lord is my portion forever. Forever. How hard am I holding on to the things here? How greedy am I of the things that God has made me a steward of? How much am I jealous of others that have this, that have that? God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. Do you ever feel like serving the Lord doesn't bring about any results? You might think, I've been going to church and living my life for Jesus. It seems like all the unbelievers around me are more blessed than I am. Well, if you've ever thought something like that, you're not alone. There are many men who have thought that throughout the Bible, but they don't stay there. You have to remember that these earthly blessings are only temporary. We receive the best blessing of all. We get eternity with our Creator. Now, here's Pastor David in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 8, with today's study. I don't know the difference, and I am so glad about that. Because then I can go through and teach messages like this. I don't need to worry about offending anybody because I don't know what anybody gives. And I don't need to worry about puffing somebody up because I don't know what anybody gives. But you know what? There's two things I believe that the New Testament requires of us. Is that we seek the Lord out. Say, Lord, if back then you you said a tithe being 10% of what we had of the first fruits... We're no longer under that law. We're free to give. We're free to give to the uttermost. We can give, I like what one pastor says, you're free to give a whole lot more than that. Okay? But the other thing that he says is that God loves a cheerful giver. That we ought to be literally hilarious when we give, not begrudging. Oh, man. Ah, I got that bonus the other day. Man. Do I have to tithe on that bonus? Let me call the pastor. Pastor, I got this bonus. Do I have to tithe on this bonus? Let me tell you this. You don't have to tithe on any of it. God loves a cheerful giver. Where's your heart? Is it something that God gave you that you want to bless him back with? Again, it, it, it deals it deals a whole lot on how strong you hold on to the things of the world. And how much you say, you know what? I'm the Lord's, and all that I have is the Lord's. Time, talent, and treasures, all of those things. He says, in what way have you robbed me? You robbed me in tithes and offerings. So you know what? You are now cursed with a curse. For you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Do you think you can get away with cheating God? I don't think you can. God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Try me and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That is a Great, great word from the Lord, but you know what? I have heard that so misused 
on uh, the name it, claim it, uh, wealth, uh, you know, uh, whatever they grab it, blab it uh, group that says, you know what? If you'll just send me, send our ministry more money, we are praying God's blessing on you. And so they 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 suck people in to giving more. Well, God's word says He's going to bless me if I do this, and so I'm going to do that. Please stop. Stop. Understand what the Lord is saying right here. Look at what he says in verse 11 and 12. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You see, if we are grudging in our begrudging and our giving in our stewardship of the things of God, I think that's when suddenly we see that there's holes in our pockets. Suddenly we see that, wow, you know, I just bought a new tire. This one just now I got to get another one. This thing happened. This thing happened. Now, will those things happen also? Yeah, we're in a fallen world, and I understand that. So don't suddenly put yourself on a guilt trip because the pastor said that if I had to send my car to the shop, then I must not be honest with God. That's not what I'm saying, okay? What I'm saying is you can't cheat God. You can't hold on to something that isn't really yours. And I believe that God is blessed in your life and in my life when we try to outgive him. They say that J.C. Penney, who was a Christian man, by the time he passed away, was living on 10% and giving away 90. There's another man's love, Laterno, thank you. Uh, Laterno, the same way. Christian man, businessman, and he just continually through his life started out giving 10, 15, 20, living on less, giving more, living less, giving more. Lived on 10% the rest of his days and was giving away 90% of his income. You think that's possible? Yeah? Yeah? When you think, when you think of our lives, and, that, and again, please, 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 please understand me. Anytime a pastor starts preaching these, there's always people that say, oh, yeah, I know what he's doing that for. He wants to get the funds up. The, the Lord is blessing the fellowship. Doesn't mean that we don't have any needs, but the Lord is blessing the fellowship. That's not where this is going. Where this is going in your own heart. What you hold on to the strongest in your life, in the way of the of the treasures of this world. Those are the things that become as bitter as wormwood in your life. They become the, the, the situation of, of stumbling in your life. They become a trap for the growth of your spiritual life. They become suddenly that hindrance, that weight that so easily besets us or slows us down. God never has blessed us as a family with with great riches. He probably knows I would blow it, okay? But ever since we were first married, we determined in our heart that we would be faithful in giving, in giving to the Lord, in giving to his church. 
And we've seen God's hand over and over and over. Has there been times of want, times of need? Yeah, but it hasn't been that bad. It hasn't been that bad. The thing that I know that God is, remains faithful. We've never had to beg for bread. Well, maybe I've asked you a couple of times if you'd make bread, but uh, uh, really, God is taking care of us. You know what God says here? Put me to the test. Try me now, he says. Try me. In other words, be faithful in your giving. Be hilarious in your giving. Pray. See where I need to, again, be in my life in these things. He says, try me now and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there'll be not room enough to receive it. I'm going to, again, stop right there and I might say, you may end up being the most broke person in this fellowship, but you're going to have less things holding you down in your relationship with Christ. That That's the principle of the deal here. That's the principle of it, is that whatever is holding us down. I love the fact, he says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Is God able to do that? For 40 years, the children of Israel wandered around the wilderness. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their sandals didn't wear out. They, hey, okay, they didn't, they didn't have, you know, uh, steak every day. It was manna. And enough quail to come out your nose, but uh, God took care of them. God took care of them. God's able to do that. Elijah, sitting there after he's, uh, man, he's run all night, he's exhausted, he's collapsed, he's hungry. No food. What happens? God provides food by Air, Air Express, brings it right in. Okay, God's able to do those things. Let's move on. Verse 13, I love it. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. And yet you say, what have we spoken against you? And then he says, you've said it's useless to serve God. What profit is it if we've kept his ordinance? And that we've walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Wow, what a declaration. What a declaration that is for for anyone to make much grander an offense when a believer would make that kind of a statement. When someone who professes Christ as their Lord and says, you know what, it just doesn't matter anymore for me to try and do the right thing because it's doing no good in my life. Turn with me, if you would, to one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 73. It's, uh, what, 28, 28 verses long. But it's the, it's, it's in essence the testimony of a worship leader. He starts out, now understand he's writing this now in retrospect. So the events have already taken place. Now he's writing about them. So he starts out really good. He says, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. Ah, then he goes on. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious 
of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then his mind began to work, and he said a lot of things here in these next several verses that aren't true. But when you're walking away from the Lord and you got your eyes off the Lord and you've got your eyes on things and people, you start believing the wrong things. Okay? And so he starts saying in verse 4, For there are no pangs in their death. Their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Really? I mean, just stop and think about that for a minute. But when you're having a pity party, you don't want to hear reality, do you? Okay, when I'm having a pity party, I don't necessarily want to hear reality. And I'm so consumed by self and my own attitude. He says, therefore, or therefore pride serves as their necklace and violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and they speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They speak their mouth against heaven and their tongue walks through the earth. So in other words, this is the wicked. And he's saying they're getting away with everything and everything is going so good for them. They have more than any man can imagine. They're they're full with everything. It just doesn't make sense at all. He says in verse 10, Therefore his people return here, and the waters of uh, of a full cup are drained by them. In other words, there's no sharing. There's, there's no caring about anyone else. They drain it themselves. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? In other words, God doesn't see me. There is no God. I don't need to worry about it. These are the wicked. And, and Asaph is looking there and he's seeing all of this going on. And he's saying, these guys are prospering and yet they're, they're blaspheming against God. He says in verse 12, behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. And then here's the kicker. Surely I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've washed my hands in innocence. For all day long, I've been plagued and I've been chastened every morning. Pretty good pity party, huh? Maybe some of you have that same kind of pity party. He says, it just didn't matter that I've tried to live righteous, I've tried to live holy, because the wicked, they're the ones that are prospering. Without understanding what he says here. He says, if I had, verse 15, if I had said, I will speak thus. In other words, if I had said to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell the people this now. This is a church leader, okay? He's, he's, he's a worship leader, but he's a church leader. But let's just bring it, he's, he's, let's bring it to today as a believer, as a Christian. He says, I was going to say these things. I was going to declare these things out. He says, if I would have done that, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. In other words, in, in, in his own mind, he couldn't understand how this was happening. He was desiring to just 
share it. You know, hey, we're gonna, we're, we're, why don't you guys come on over to my house? Hey, listen, why you're here, man? It just doesn't matter. We serve in the Lord anymore. Have you looked around at people around, man? Even the wicked. I don't know why we you're doing this. I don't know why we're doing this. He said, if I would have done that, if I would have said that, I would have betrayed a whole generation of your children. He says, it was just too painful for me to to understand, to be able to comprehend this, what's going on, how it was all working. He says, until I went into the sanctuary of God. In other words, till he got back in relationship with God, till he got his eyes off the world and got his eyes refocused on the reality of God in his life. For you and I as believers, the reality of Christ in our lives. How easily we can be distracted by things that are so temporary. So just a breath of time. But in reality, we ought to be focusing on eternity. He goes on to say, Till I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely you set them, this is the wicked people, Lord, you've set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction, and oh, how they are brought to destruction as in a moment. Remember, even as we read in Malachi, this swift judgment that's going to come. When the Lord comes, then suddenly he's going to be there again, uh, and he's going to bring the judgment. He says, they are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awakes. So, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. It was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. And you hold me by my right hand and you guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you receive me to glory. But that's not the end of those others. That's not the end of the wicked, is it? No. Whom have I in heaven but you? There's none upon the earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Beloved, if all of us, if we could just, again, continually hold on to that verse 26. You know what? So what if this flesh fails? So what if this life ends? The Lord is my portion forever, forever. How hard am I holding on to the things here? How greedy am I of the things that God has made me a steward of? How much am I jealous of others that have this, that have that? God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it's good for me to draw near to God. And I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. You see how easily we can get distracted. We on this side of the cross can get distracted, I believe, just as easily as Asaph did. I believe that, again, getting our eyes off the main thing, getting our eyes out of focus again with the Lord. He says, those who do wickedness raised up, they even tempt God and go free. You see, that's what the people of Israel were saying. And God says, no, you're speaking against me. That's, that's literally almost blasphemy. But then back in Malachi, 
in verse 16. There's a little transition here. The transition is, is that then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. Not in a derogatory way at all. No, no, you look at the context of this. No, this is in a positive way now. This is in an encouraging way. This is the testimony of what God's done in my life. This is the testimony of how God is working and moving in my life. Listen to what he says. Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened, and he heard them. And so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. That's the book I want to be in. He said, so again, uh, those are the ones who fear the Lord. Those are the ones who meditate on his name. Even a remnant in, in the midst of all that he said in chapter 1, 2, and 3, here at the end of 3, he says, but yet there are those who do fear the Lord, those who speak to one another, those who meditate on his name. In verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, one day on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and the one, uh, and, and one who does not serve him. And it says, in other words, you'll be able to see, no, there is quite a bit of difference. There is quite a bit of difference between those who live their whole lives in wickedness and, and absolute disobedience to God and absolute disregard for God and for those who fear God, who meditate on his name, who serve him. There is an absolute difference. And we look at a moment, we think, there is no difference. Yes, there is. There is. He says, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble, burnt up like that in just a, a, a flash. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And though, yes, the Hebrew word there is the son, S-U-N, I think we could also understand to spell it the S-O-N, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be as ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this. The the picture there that he has where you'll go out like, grow fat like stall-fed calves. Have you ever seen a, a, a calf when they're little? And they're just jumping and they're just, it seems, you know, they jump up and they run and they jump and just, you know, just that that kind of picture is what I get there. Again, well fed, well taken care of. The Lord is blessing. And then he says, then you'll trample the wicked. Why? Because man, the judgment is there. The judgment is complete. On the day that he does this, says the Lord. Verse 4. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb from, for, for all of Israel, with the statutes and the judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And again, who did Jesus say John the Baptist was? He says he's Elijah. If you, if you catch the connection, 
he is Elijah. Really Elijah? No, the spirit of Elijah. That kind of heart, that kind of an attitude. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come, strike the earth with a curse. Then the book was closed, and there was silence for 400 years. Until suddenly, there was a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David will continue sharing with us from the Minor Prophets next time. What we'll learn is that even though many of these books are quite short, they are full of important prophetic insights. Now, we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. You can also subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. The Open Word Podcast is always available and completely free. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to the Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to the Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to TheOpenWord.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Pastor David shares insights from the Minor Prophets. That's next time on The Open Word.